We are in this series called What's Next? Discerning God's Direction for Your Life. Some of y'all, many of us, are at a place where we have to make a decision about what we're going to do next, where we're going to go next, and sometimes you do not precisely know what God is trying to tell you. This series exists to help you figure out what is God telling you in what's next, whatever that might be. I chose the book of Joshua because the book of Joshua is a book about next. The people of Israel are moving from the wilderness to the promised land. So they are making a transition. And we understood three things, Pastor Sam. The first is you must ask yourself this question. Are you qualified for next? I know you want the next job, the next relationship, the next opportunity, but are you qualified? We learned that Joshua is qualified because, Brother Ernest, Moses is dead. And therefore, God says, Joshua, do it now. And the key question is, is God telling you, do it now? We also learned that God is telling Joshua, Joshua, you got to cross over. But Joshua has to cross over looking at two obstacles. One, Moses is dead. He has nobody to lean on. The second objection is, Brother Malolo, there's a river that is flooded. What is Joshua going to do? And God is saying, I don't care about what you think about your objections. Rise up, cross over, and let's move on. And some of you are right there. You have objections in your back. You have objections in your front, on your side. You don't know. But if God is telling you, rise up, do exactly that, and you're going to be all right. And then last week, we understood that Joshua must live at a river on instruction. He cannot live based on Instagram or based on the KPI or based on what his parents are saying. He must live on instruction, and that instruction is the Torah, the law of Moses, the word of God. So basically, for the last three weeks, I've been setting a foundation, and that I believe that if you can understand these three concepts, then I believe that you have set yourself up for the foundation to be able to jump into what's next. Now, what I'm doing for the rest of the series, which is about four to five weeks, is helping you to understand the practicalities of going to the next thing. Because in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 10, until chapter 5, we look at Joshua actually crossing over. What we're going to do is to dissect the things that Joshua did, and I hope you're going to get inspiration and practical tips and tools that you can use as you're about to cross over. So look, at, look with me in Joshua chapter 1, and uh, we are going to consider verses 10 to 11. Please stand with me for the reading of the scripture this morning. It's just a few verses this morning. Please join me as we, we read this scripture together. When you got it, say amen. Okay, this side got it. I hear Sister Lydia here, but I'm not hearing nobody here. Sister Madeline, you, you got it. Amen, amen. I like it, I like it. Notice what it says. Joshua chapter number 1 and verse number 10 to 11. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people. Prepare your provisions. Prepare your provisions. For within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan, 
this flooded Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Reflecting on this text, God asked me this question, and I want to ask you this question. What's in your bag? What's in your bag? Let us pray. Father God, thank you. Guide us and lead us today as we're about to listen to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It could be a fanny pack. It could be a wallet. It could be a handbag. Chanel or Prada or whatever you like. It could be a purse. But all of us use bags. And I know that you have brought bags today. I brought mine too. Perhaps you didn't bring a bag, but I brought mine. You know why you carry a bag? Let me tell you why. You typically carry a bag when you're leaving your house to another location. You do that because you are preparing for the journey that you're about to take. You understand that I may go to a place that has no tissues, ladies. I'm going to go to a place that does not supply soap. I'm going to go to a place that doesn't have lipstick. So therefore, you put it in your handbag to be ready. As a man, I do not have to stress about lipstick and, and, and all the other stuff. I, I need to stress about my, my money. You know what I mean? I need to know that I have money in my wallet, if, especially if I'm going on a date. You feel me? So I carry a bag because I'm, I'm going on a journey. I realize that the journey may produce situations that may put me at a disadvantage. And if I do not have preparation for those disadvantages, I will be in trouble. That is why when I go to JCC every Sabbath, I always carry an extra shirt because I understand that after huffing and puffing and dancing, I will be sweating like I've been playing basketball. Therefore, before I greet you at the door, I need to have an extra shirt, an extra bar of deodorant, and I need to, to, be, to be fresh so that I can greet you at the end of the service. And I know some of you are prepared just like that today. You have brought the provisions that you need. You have brought the stuff that are to take care of you in case of an emergency. To me, a bag with lipstick or tampons or cigarettes will not help me. But it may help some of you. What I'm saying is we pack the bag based upon our needs. When Pastor Sam and I meet, he's always carrying a bag and I'm carrying mine too. But there's one thing he carries that I don't carry and that is a power bank. And I know whenever where we are, if my phone is dead, I got somewhere to go to. You feel me? And that's how some husbands operate. They know the wife is going to carry the whole house. So they ain't got to worry about bringing anything. If they need a tissue, the wife got it. If they need an extra mask, the wife got it. You feel me? And some wives operate the same way. They know they ain't got to bring no money. Because when they need the money, they will go to the wallet of the husband. And some boyfriend and girlfriends operate the same way. So we carry bags because bags help us along the journeys of life. They help us to meet the challenges of life. And I want you to step with me into the text this morning. Joshua 
is now the leader of Israel. God has told him, you are to lead us to cross over, Sister Frenda. It is you who is going to help us achieve our dream. God is telling Joshua, Joshua, you are my man to bring to pass the promise I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joshua, you are it. And, and Joshua is, is, is prepared. He, he's stepping into his next. And that's where somebody is today. You are, you're stepping into the next job. You're stepping into the next relationship. You're stepping into the next promotion. You're stepping into the next location. It's in the next, uh, in the next uh, apartment uh, complex. And I want you to watch Joshua as he's stepping into next because Joshua understood as a leader of the nation, I must communicate the dream. I must communicate the vision. I must communicate what you need to know. And Joshua, Brother Yonata, communicates to the officers of the people. And he gives a command and he says to them, pass through the camp. And command the people that they prepare their provisions. For in three days, you're going to cross over this Jordan and possess the land that God has promised you. I said to myself, I said to myself, this is a very strange command, Elder Revo. Joshua doesn't say, prepare the battle axe. Joshua doesn't say, prepare the AR-15. Joshua doesn't say, get your swords ready. Joshua doesn't say, have you got the plan in place? Joshua doesn't say, do we have the right people to work with? No, he says, prepare your provisions. And so I parked myself on this concept, prepare your provisions. And as I was looking at this particular concept, I understood Joshua is saying, pack your lunch. Joshua is not saying, bring the rice that you buy at, at, at Indomare and cooked. Joshua is not saying, bring the pack of Indomie. <laughs> Joshua is not saying, buy a package of hot cocoa and you're going to boil it later. Joshua is saying, cook your food, pack it up, and let's go. Because in three days, you're going to cross over this Jordan. The first command, the first vision, the first dream. That Joshua communicates to the people is about food. Joshua is understanding an important dynamic. That if you're going to accomplish something, you need to be physically healthy. You need to be physically strong. And food will help you to do that. You can pray about it. You can dream about it, but there's just some things you got to do for yourself in order for you to survive the journey, in order for you to make it. And so Joshua understands, if we're going to cross over, we need to have a resource that we can lean upon so that it can sustain us as we're going along the journey. It is what Joseph, the prime minister of Egypt, did for his vindictive brothers. Because he told his brothers, he says to them, 
giving an order to one of his officers. He says to replace every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. Even though Joshua, jo Joseph understood that my brothers have betrayed me. My brothers have sold me. But they will need food to make it back to Canaan. They will need supplies to survive the journey. And even though I am hurt, and even though I'm disappointed, but I will make sure that I take care of their needs. And I need somebody to hear that this morning, that you may be hurt, you may be disappointed, but God has put you in a situation, in a place that you're supposed to provide for somebody. And never allow your hurt to keep you from providing for somebody who needs your provision. Amen, somebody. Oh yeah, some of y'all, when you're angry at somebody, you won't cook. I've heard the stories. Some of you, when you're angry at the kids, you will not send the money. When you're angry, you will not say thank you or I love you. Because you're focused on the hurt. And as long as the hurt is not dealt with, you're not going to give the provisions. But Joseph says, no, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. But if somebody needs something from me, I'm going to give it. And for me, it tells me something about God. Because God gives a reign to the just and the unjust. God doesn't treat us based upon our actions. God treats us based upon his love and his mercy. And God is expecting you and I to also do the same thing to people. That if they have hurt you, it's fine. If you're disappointed, it's fine. But if you're in a position to provide, provide. Give and give. Because the one who doesn't provide for his house, the Bible says, is worse than an unbeliever. So Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to provide for my brothers their food, their magan. You see, to me, brothers and sisters, Joshua is teaching me something. That a bag is important if a person is going to make it. Joshua is teaching me that a person needs to have a bag to meet the emergencies of life. Joshua is teaching me that a bag allows you to consider what the journey is going to bring. Joseph is, Joseph is teaching me that whatever is going to come along your way, you should be prepared for it. That is why Joshua is saying, let us pack the bags. Joshua knew that the situation was going to change. The people will need, watch this, hydration. They will need resources to deal with cuts. They will need supplies to take care of the hygiene. In other words, Joseph is saying, you got to pack the essentials. And this is what I'm trying to help somebody understand. Do not push for next until you have prepared and packaged the essentials. Ah. Joseph is saying, Joshua is saying, if you're going into next, make sure you have the survival kit in place. Joseph is saying, you got to have the must-haves. You got to have the charging station. You got to have the extra mask. You got to make sure you have the extra shirt and the extra underwear. Because wherever you're going, you will need these things. So the other, the other day on Sabbath, uh, Sister Kartika called me to formalize one of, the, 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 one of our members, join JCC, Sister Hannah, if you remember. 
and, and I was wearing a mask. And what you didn't realize is I was eating gum. So I have to stand up here and speak and say, do you vote for her? But I have gum in my mouth. So what am I going to do? So what I did, Pastor Sam, is that I took the gum and I put it in my mask. And after the vote, he's saying, ew. I also felt the same way. <laughs> after the vote, I tried to open my mask, but uh, the gum has glued the mask together. <laughs> so the mask is no longer usable. Are you feeling what I'm saying? So you know what I did? I said, Sister Karika, you got me in this situation. I went back to her. I said, do you have an extra mask? She said, yes, Pastor, I do. And the point is this. We are living in a generation that we need to have a mask. A mask is essential. A mask is important. We cannot do without masks. And my point to you is this. Whatever next is for you, please make sure that you are prepared and package the essentials. Some of us think we're going to a hotel when we get a new job. Uh-uh. Make sure you bring the things that you need in the new job. What are the essentials that are going to make you succeed in your new position? Some of you, when it's over, you're like, man, I can't wait for the next one. No, don't think about the next one. Think about the essentials you need to survive the next one. Some of you are going to school. You're leaving your parents. Do you have the essentials to survive? It's just to say, I know you're excited about the next situation and the next opportunity, but do you have the essentials? Do you have the things that are going to make you survive? Do you know how to talk and handle the meeting? Have you learned the essentials of that? Do you have the co correct certification? So I'm going to ask you, are you certified? You're going to say, yes, I'm certified, qualified, and ready to go. Do you have the skills to deal with the conflict? Next is always exciting, but please understand. I don't know how to say this. Next is going to bring its own problems and challenges. The things you're running away from, you're going to meet them there. Because you know why? You are often the one who is bringing those problems. If you can look at your track record of all the problems you have had at the job, all the problems you have had in the ship, the partnership, the, the, the relationship, whatever, you realize, uh-uh, it's not them. It's actually me. I am confrontational. I am resentful. I am proud. And if you don't deal with that, whatever next is, you're bringing that same thing along. Some of us, we always think, if I just get a new thing, if I just get a new person, it'll be better. No, it will not be better unless you change, unless you look different, unless your perspective is different. So Joshua says, ah, uh, you want to go next? Let's bring the essentials. The important things. And sometimes we blame failure on situations instead of our failure to bring essentials. Now, allow me to introduce some tension in the text, Sister Valerie. Because, watch this. 
Joshua is asking the people to prepare food when God, Sister Susan, is still raining manna on them. I want you to think about that. Manna is still falling, but Joshua is saying, prepare your food. In fact, it's in chapter 5, verse number 12, that the manna stops. So the manna was still falling. The manna was a food given by God. They didn't have to use Gojek or grab food. <laughs> it was just there. They didn't need to cook it. <laughs> it was just there. And I'm sure, Elder Calvin, that some people in the crowd are like, Joshua, <laughs> man, God is raining it every day. Why are you going to destroy a good thing? And make life more difficult on us. Sister Hannah, I, I believe that some of, of, of the brothers say, Joshua, you're making us faithless against God. Why are you asking us to prepare when God is providing? <laughs> and I think I would have been one of those who would have said to Joshua, Joshua, hey, bro, why should I sweat cooking when I can just pick it up? And some of us believe the same thing. That God is supposed to provide everything. God is supposed to take care of everything. I have to work for that? I have to put effort and energy into that? You mean me? Get my hands dirty? When God has said he's going to bless me? I'm a child? You must be crazy. No, no, not me. God provides. I paused and I thought about this. Why is God, why is Joshua inspired to ask people to prepare food when man is dropping? This is what I learned. Provision in the wilderness is not the same as provision in the promised land. Pastor Sam got it. The rest of you are going to catch up in a minute. Provision in the wilderness is not the same as provision in the promised land. You see, the people were moving from a nomadic life to a stationary life. In other words, they were moving from living in tents to planting, to agriculture, to horticulture. You see, they were moving from a place where it mattered whether the kid, where the kids went to school. They were moving to a place where it mattered where retirement was going to be. So Joshua understood, we are making a transition here. And the way God is going to provide for us in our next transition cannot look the same way. Cannot be the same way. And some of us are very uncomfortable when transitions happen. Because somehow the way God provides it does not look the same way anymore. So, so let, me, let me drop it to you like this. I came to Indonesia in 2017. My mom bought my ticket to come to this place. But after she knew I got a job, she's never sent me money anymore. Pastor, I'm going to attest to that. And what I learned was, hey, I was a student before. My mom knew she was responsible for me. But she says, my son is no longer in the wilderness of college and assignments. He's now in the promised land of Indonesia and, and pastoring. Now, God is going to take care of him and provide for him. It's no longer my business. 
And some of you are comfortable today because the parents don't send the money anymore. <laughs> now you got to work. You got to pay the bills. And now you're worried. Don't be worried. If God can take care of you in the wilderness, <laughs> he's going to take care of you in the promised land. And in fact, what it tells me is this. God is not limited to one provision strategy. God is not limited to one way to make your bills get paid. God can do it in multiple ways. God can do it a number of ways. And don't be so concerned. Don't be so confused. How is God going to take care of me? No, no, no. God knows what to do. He knows how to do it. If he fed you, then he's going to feed you now. Some of you are crying. The kids don't send the money anymore. Don't worry about the kids not sending money. God has your back. Maybe when you were dating, they used to pick you up, bring you places. Now it's over. You got to order that go Jake and get on the busway. That's cool. Because God is not limited. So Joshua is understanding, ah, in fact, when God changes the way he blesses you, it means that he's growing with you. Ah, sometimes when I say things and you, you don't say amen or you, you don't respond, I wonder. <sighs> so let, let me replay that. When God changes his provision strategy, it means that he's growing with you. Ah, yeah, we're, we're, we're together. It means that God... Is not a static God. It means that God is a dynamic God. Mm. Wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever changes in my life, God adapts. Come on, church. If it has changed, God has changed already before you. He's already prepared what you're supposed to have. And if He's forcing you to change how you look at how you're going to survive, that's simply God saying, expand yourself. Grow yourself. You cannot be at the same place anymore. So Joshua understood. The way God provides in the wilderness is not the same way God provides in the promised land. But there's another reason why Joshua asked them to pack their bags. Because he understood God promises we possess. Ah, I'm going I'm, 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 to love this. I'm going to love this. Notice. In verse number two, God says to Joshua, Joshua, arise, go over this Jordan. You and all these people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Uh, God understood, Joshua understood that the land is a promise. It's given. It's given. This is the words of God. I'm giving you this land. And praise the Lord, we have a giving God. We have a promising God. We have a God who promises things. And he wants to do things for you. And Joshua is recognizing that. And God is saying that. And I want you to notice Joshua's reaction to the promise of God. Watch this. Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are about to pass over this Jordan to do what? To go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving to you to possess. He's given you, but you got to go possess. He has promised it, but you got to go to possess. 
Let me, let me drop it in a way that is just going to uh, elevate, elevate you and you're going to relate to it. God doesn't go check you his promises. You must go pick them up. Can I, can I come for you? You want faith, yes? And God has said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's a promise. You've got to go pick that up by picking up the word. And when the word goes into your system, your faith is going to grow. So stop telling me I want more faith. Stop going to the word of God and getting more faith. Some of you want peace in your life. You want God to answer your prayers. And Jesus said, if you pray in my name, I will answer. So stop telling me God is not answering my prayers. Get on your knees and pray and let God answer your prayers. God promised it's not good for man to be alone. And he made Eve. But the Bible also says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So stop telling me they're not coming. They're not tasting. Go and find. God promises we possess. But you see, Gojek has made us lazy. So we want it to come to us. Because we want to avoid the traffic. We want it convenient. We don't want to work for it. But I came to let you know. No, God says go in the traffic. Go to the store. Hustle for it. Because if you want what I got, you've got to go pick it up. And I want somebody to understand. You play a role in making the promise of God real. It's you who's holding you back. It's not the pastor. It's not your wife. It's not your job. It's you. God has laid it all out. And he's simply asking you, do you want it? I promised it. Are you going to possess it? And you see, this dynamic of God promising and us possessing is the canvas that colors the gospel. Because what I learned about Jesus is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. God gave the son to deal with your pornography. God gave the son to deal with your resentment. God gave the son to deal with your addictions. God gave the son to deal with your pride. And if you want to deal with those things, the Bible says you got to believe. And when you believe, guess what? God gives you the power to deal with the challenges you see in your life. God gives you the power to deal with the, 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 to deal with the unforgiveness. God gives you the power to walk in newness of life. When God comes into your life, he changes you. But you got to pick up Jesus. He's given, but are you willing to possess? And too many of us are not living life. We're not growing where we're supposed to be because we don't possess. Some of us, we are, we are like this. We, we go in the store. It's a new store. We are looking 
for a specific product. Maybe it's lotion or soap. But because we are so independent, we will go all in all the aisles in the store. Walking in the store. When there are, there are store attendants in the store, if you can only ask, they'll tell you, go to aisle number five. And you'll find it in that section. And so many of us, because our faith is not activated, we're walking around the store of God's promises. Walking around. Moving around. All we have to do is to go to Jesus. Jesus, help me. Change me. He says, go to aisle number Philippians 2 verse 5. I've got it right there for you. So brother and sister, possess Jesus. Pick him up. Let him change your life. You're struggling. Yes, I know. But Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. He will change it. Possess Jesus. Make him your friend. Make him your hope. Make him your courage. He has everlasting life for you. There's another reason Joshua asked the people to pack their bags. He understood new seasons require new strategies. Watch this now. Notice what Joshua says. Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people to prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to, to pass over this Jordan to, take, to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Watch this. Joshua says, pass through the camp. Because you're going to pass through, pass over the Jordan. I hope you saw it. Joshua is asking the people to pass through the camp. Before they can pass through the Jordan. He's saying, we are going into a new season. Therefore, we must apply a new strategy. So let's pass through the camp before we pass over the Jordan. Because Joshua and the people, when they left Egypt, they left like fugitives. They left on a run, on the run, and Pharaoh was after them. But now, they are not on the run anymore. They are no longer fugitives. They are fighters. They're not running scared from Pharaoh. They're going in to possess what God has given them. So Joshua says, we were not prepared then. We did not pack our bags then. But now, it's a new strategy. Because it is a new season. Amen, somebody. And somebody today is in a new season. You cannot be applying the same old strategy. You cannot be thinking the same old way. You cannot be investing your money the same old way. You cannot be talking to people the same old way. You cannot be leading the same old way. It's a new season. It requires a new strategy. When I came to Indo, I didn't know that Indonesians like to play a lot of basketball. I thought that was a Philippine thing. In the Philippines, when we play basketball, they like to do a lot of fast breaks. In other words, fast break is the offensive team has more players than the defensive team. So it could be three on two. Two defenders against three offensive players. That was a game in the Philippines. 
And Pastor Sammy can relate to this because he used to be annoyed <laughs> with, <laughs> with our brothers there. Because I said, man, can we enjoy the game of basketball? Because where I play basketball, we play the half-court game. Not a lot of fast breaks. When I came to Indo, I realized that it's, 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 it's different. In the Philippines, I always got to be ready to run and, and run down the court. But in Indo, no, everybody plays the half-court game. So I, I adjusted the way I played. You feel me? And some of us need to be flexible like that. <laughs> in your old company, they did it that way. But in this company, they do it that way, this way. So you need to develop a strategy to meet <laughs> the new situation. You didn't know how you're going to solve the family problem. You're always arguing about it, always nagging him or her. But perhaps now, stop nagging and start walking away. You disrespect me? You treat me bad, I'm going to walk away. You yell at me, I'm going to tell you, we're not going to have this conversation until you calm down. New strategies. So Joshua is saying, we're in a new season. We're not going to approach it in that way. Match your season with a customized strategy. That's what you got to do. Parents, start babying them now. They're grown. It's time for them to make decisions for themselves. I know when they were 15, you were always with them, went to school with them, you checked their phone, but now it's time to let all that go. They're 30. You cannot be on their phone and check. No, they're grown up. Kids, change your strategy. Stop begging mom or dad for money. Go out there and work. Pastor Henry, the pandemic is over. Get back to activities and making the church move. Amen, somebody? New season, new strategy. It may not always be nice. It may not always be cute. You may not always like it. But it requires that if you're going to survive. Another reason. And then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Don't second God. Don't second guess God. Just go. See, Joshua could have said, let's prepare the boats to cross over. Because it's flooded. So says, no, let's pack our bags. Let's go. I don't know how God is going to handle it. But I'm going. I don't know what it's going to look like when I land. <laughs> but I'm going. See, some of us are waiting for the boat to come. Don't wait for the boat to come. In fact, don't prepare for the boat. Just pack your bags. Where are you going? You don't have the money. You're not old enough yet. You don't have the team yet. I'm going. Are you coming? Ayo, let's go. This was an act of faith to pack bags. Because Joshua would not, would not think about what God was supposed to do. He would only think about what he was supposed to do. And that's what you and I have to do now. Don't think about what God should do. Don't think about God's part. You do your part. You do what's in your power. You do what's in your strength. And go. When I was growing up, Dr. Regina, my, my dad used to travel quite a bit. The musicians can come. My dad used to travel quite a bit. And when it is holiday season, 
I would go to my grandma's place and meet my cousins to have a family bonding time. Between my home and the airport was my, grandma, my grandmama's place. So my dad is traveling to go fly out. He would often stop at my grandmama's place to greet us and to just, you know, tell us I'm going. And a lot of times, my parents would communicate to my grandmama that, hey, listen, I'm going to the airport today. Can you please, I know Henry likes planes and he likes to go to the airport. Make sure that he gets ready so that when I come, I don't have a lot of time to wait for him. So that when I come, I just pick him up and we go. But sometimes my dad will not come on schedule. So even though I got ready, I'll go outside and start to play. And I get dirty again with African dirt. <laughs> and my dad will show up. And my dad didn't play no games. Son, you're not ready, so you cannot go. I told you to get ready. You didn't get ready. You were second-guessing me. You didn't think I could come. So you judge the situation based upon your thinking. And therefore, because you judge the situation based upon your thinking, you cannot go to the airport with me. Sometimes I will run after the car that is driving out of my grandmama's place because I'm, 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 I'm upset and, and I'm sad. Why could my dad leave me? The point is, I did not pack my bags. Oh, I did pack them, and I unpacked them. And some of us are right there today. We had our bags packed, but the job didn't come as we wanted it to come. So we unpacked the bags. We had packed our bags, but the person we want to come into our life hasn't come yet. So we have unpacked our bags. We had wanted to do that ministry initiative, but the money wasn't available. We unpacked our bags. We had wanted to go on vacation, but they got on our nerves. So we unpacked our bags. So we never went. second guess God pack your bags the moment is coming God will act on your behalf don't doubt what he's doing for you believe he'll do for you and if it's delayed it doesn't mean that it is damaged or destroyed it's just a delay Tungu sabenta he's coming amen somebody he's coming Ooh, you gotta pack your bags with four things the way God provides in the wilderness is not the same as in the promised land put that in your bag put it in your bag God promises you possess put it in your bag New seasons require new strategies. Put it in your bag. Don't second God. Don't second guess God. Go. Put it in your bag. Some of us need to unpack discouragement, unpack resentment, unpack anger, unpack disappointment, and put these things in our bag. So you're saying, Pastor, I want to pack my bag. 
I want to pack my bag differently today. Anybody? I want to pack my bag differently today. If you raise your hand, please stand up. You want to pack your bag differently today. This one is for somebody. Jesus will only do something for you if you possess him. And today you need to possess Jesus. You've never possessed Jesus. But today you say, Pastor, I want to possess Jesus. Anybody like that? I want to possess Jesus. I've never possessed Jesus in my life. Anybody? Perhaps you're shy. See, at the end of September, we're having a baptism. We're giving you an opportunity to possess Jesus. Perhaps you don't want to come today or you're shy to come, but he's been given. All he needs for you to do is to possess. Take, and your life is going to change. Don't miss an opportunity to possess Jesus because once you do, you have everything. You have the promised land. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, thank you. You've reminded us today to pack our bags. And Lord, that's what we want to do today, to pack our bags. You provide differently in the wilderness and in the promised land. You promise we possess. A new season, a new strategy. We shouldn't second guess you, Lord. Father, that is what we are packing in our bags. Because we are ready to go to the promised land. Father, help us and guide us and strengthen us. And for somebody, they need to possess Jesus. And I pray, Father, that they may take a hold of him. And be led by him and guided by him, O oh Lord. Father, thank you for being faithful and merciful. This, Lord, I humbly pray in the awesome, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I know God spoke to you. I know you want to respond, but you may not know how. You may not know when. Let me tell you the how. There's number on the screen. Reach out to us and we're going to show you the next house. Let me tell you when, right now. Right now. Don't delay. Today, if you hear your voice, today, today, respond. Perhaps the Lord also has impacted you and you would like to give and partner with us in ministry. We have an account number on the screen. Kindly give. Whatever gift, whatever amount, trust me, we'll be more than grateful and happy for it. And it's going to help us to proclaim the love of Jesus. Until then, take care. God bless you.